who are those people just like doing like hoorah over there? Hands off that dial. Business is about to get a whole lot nerdier. You're tuned in to Founder Quest. Speaking of remote controls, I told you about the ridiculous garage door I put on my home gym. I am jealous of your garage door, actually. Wait, you did? I did, yeah. It's so it's uh, a. Well, the the whole thing took a while to install, but it was finally completed like this week, but it's been in for a while. It's like one of those full, they call it a full view, but it's like, it's all glass for the most part. Like it's frame, like glass, glass panels with a um, metal frame. Oh, nice. And so, well, it's, it's the glass is uh, opaque, like it's fogged or whatever. So you can't actually like see through it, but it lets a lot of light in. So the light is awesome. awesome. It's the brightest room in my house now, I think from natural light. So I might actually like just move my office in there and then I just like never have to have to leave. So I got the garage door opener that goes with this system is like one of the top of the line residential ones. Anyway, it's a lift master and it has yeah. Wi-Fi built into it. Oh yeah. I have one of those. So, so awesome. Do you have the, uh, what do they call it? My it's like the garage hub though. Yeah. It goes with it. Yes. Okay. So you yes. can open your garage door with Siri. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, awesome. so, oh my God. Garage door openers don't like have a stellar record of um, security. <laughs> security, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> At least the old the old style garage doors op- openers, it was like a four digit code. Like they transmitted uh-huh. like a four digit code. So, yeah. So somebody built a device that just transmitted all the four digit codes. Yeah. And so it took like you could just walk down the street and open everybody's garage door. <laughs> yeah, I, I've known I've known people who've done. I never I never did that, but uh, I always wanted to. Yeah, I just I, I, I never got my hands on one. <laughs> I'm sure that since it's got Wi-Fi, you can SSH in and like use your put up a, a private key on there. Right. And use a key pair for um, the, uh, the for pub- um, it just transmits a public key over authentication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a no, good I way mean, to do you're, it. You're, yeah, your little remote would transmit the public key, and right. then the um, the the hub would like check it against a private key. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Apple does something like that. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also it's Apple though. Like nobody tries to break into <laughs> Apple products because they're right. just yeah. too cool. Yeah. I mean, if, if Windows had a garage hub, I'd be extremely worried. Microsoft, Microsoft garage. But yeah, it's cool. And then I uh, like whenever it opens, I also get like notifications through HomeKit, I guess. This is my first HomeKit device. So I am officially a connected house, which I Welcome. swore I would never do. But oh, it's awesome. I'm probably going to do more now. Of course um, you are. Because <laughs> now I want to like control my, you know, my front lights so that I put them on a timer yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. But, um, is HomeKit like the Apple home automation thing? Yep. It is. Yeah. Okay. So it's all integrated into Mac OS and iOS. And so like when my door, when the garage, if anyone opens the garage door at any time, like I'll get a notification. The garage door just opened like on my, uh, on and my And you'll see the garage computer. door because you'll be in there. Or, or I'll be in, in there. Everybody. But like if the kids, you know, open it. Yeah. But if my office is in there, I'll just, I'll just see it. So let's see. So what are we talking about today? Like we're talking about maybe doing a sort of future of work thing. We're talking about remote working and all that. But then also like Josh suggested that we, since we have a new job opening and we're a remote company, like you could say that like Honey Badger is the future of work. Is that, do you think that's too bold? No, that's, that's right on. That's just bold enough. Yeah. Okay. We are the future of work and we have a new job position. So I think we're going to use that as like a lens to discuss the future of work. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that, right that sounds good. And I don't even know. Okay. Yeah, I don't I really don't think it's that bold because, you know, we're we're one of the companies, one of the companies that are, uh, I think, pushing the boundaries here. So, OK, that's good. Yeah. That's I'll, good. We're a small part. We're a small part. Everybody's looking at me like I'm so I'm so full of crap. 
Maybe we need to ditch the whole remote thing, though. We should all work from Josh's garage. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do That's a, a great idea. We're gonna do the central office in your garage. In my garage. No, but it's in a garage. Like <laughs> garages are where things happen. The future of, are where innovation happens. The future of we work is not. my garage. Let's just that's what we're saying, <laughs> that's, right? Is, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, think of all the great companies that were started out of garages. Amazon, <laughs> Tesla, Hewlett Packard, mm-hmm. Apple, Apple, yeah. HP. Yeah. HP. Those are companies that are actually started out of garages, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was, I was trying to think of the most ridiculous See, like, we garage. We didn't start in the garage, but I'm obviously moving that direction. So it might not be the future, but it's my future. The thing I don't like about garages is like the sloped floors. This is, we, we just cover the real, <laughs> like the hot issues. <laughs> but that is one of the issues of remote work, right? Is finding a nice place to work, right? We talked about this before, like how we, we each have different situations, stars, backyard office because his house is a little cramped. I uh, totally fled my house and I, I'm, I'm subleasing an office and, and, and Josh is now going to make a office out of his gym. <laughs> and, not, and also apparently I'm like putting desks in every room. <laughs> I'm basically <laughs> putting them go. everywhere I can just, you know, because I like to move around. So. And that's, uh, yeah. that's one thing that we've offered with our, with our new jobs uh, when we've published uh, jobs in the past and, and with this one as well as we've always offered to new employees that we will pay for co-working space if they don't have a suitable place to work. Wait, we do that? We do that, yeah. Has anybody taken us up on that? Actually, Kevin did for a little while because he was getting a little stir crazy at his house because he, previous to working for us, was not working from home. He was working in a traditional employer office kind of situation. And uh, he discovered after a while that he was like feeling lonely and stuff, just being there. So he decided to try out his nearest co-located co-working space and it was working fine until like some sales guy moved into the desk next to him and was like you know on the phone 24 oh is that what happened yeah that's what happened (laughs) so so that's the future of work that doesn't sound very nice (laughs) so kevin made some adjustments and uh found ways to get that stimulation that he needed and then now he's back at his house and he's happy so should we talk a little bit about what the job opening is like what are the some of the reasons that we have a job opening and like what we're kind of like looking for, maybe some of the the history around it. The job opening, the last developer we hired was Kevin. And um, he was kind of like, that job was a little bit more, I think, general, basically add extra development to the like capability to the team. Lots of like backend, like Ruby and full stack stuff because we have a Rails app and most of our stuff is built in Ruby. This job opening. I just is, want to say Kevin's done an amazing job. He at that, has, by the way. and yeah, in case he's you're listening, done. Kevin, you've done an amazing job. <laughs> we are extremely happy with Kevin. Like dark um, mode. Oh my god! To be honest, I, didn't know like, I wanted it until I had it. <laughs> if we could get another Kevin here, like that would be great. The only like shift with this position is that there is um we we're looking for someone who likes JavaScript a lot. JavaScript. Not everyone loves JavaScript, but some people like really love it. Some people dislike it extremely, like extremely dislike it. But we have a lot of uh, open source JavaScript projects that we uh, manage. And currently, I am pretty much the sole maintainer of these projects, in addition to a lot of other open source projects in different languages. Um, So there's kind of like a polyglot aspect to this job. So basically, like we're looking for someone to come on and help me reduce some of my workload and take on some of these uh, like open source maintainer type positions and push forward our open source libraries to uh, make improvements and fix bugs and interact with the community and all that sort of stuff that comes along with that. 
Yeah, right now our, our Ruby library is the best of our client libraries. And then from there, we have like a, a variety of levels of support and features in the various libraries. And I think bringing them all up to par is, is one of the early tasks for this job. And then, you know, of course, there's going to be plenty of development work to go forward, right? So even if all those things were done, and which well, never will be, uh, we still have plenty of, you know, backend stuff to do. So we're still looking for people that enjoy being in a variety of languages and especially doing Ruby as well. I think that's the thing. Like, I think we've talked about that. Like we, we want everyone, I'm pretty sure we want everyone um, to have, you know, somewhat of a full stack background still, just because like small team, this will be uh, what number six in total, including us founders. So obviously like we don't have enough people just to, for each of us to completely specialize in one very narrow thing, but we try to have like a couple core areas where that's like, that's like our strongest, like Ruby, say Ruby and JavaScript. And then we can, as time permits, you know, be able to have a broader knowledge of, of other things that we uh, have in our toolkit. I think the, the polyglot thing is really important to bring out because we do have, as you said, libraries in a variety of languages. Like this person should be expecting to say, oh, can you take a look at this Elixir stuff? You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, we don't expect an Elixir Pro, you know, necessarily, but someone who's like, oh, yeah, I'd be happy to take a look at that and figure that out. Is there like anybody out there? who can meet all these requirements? No. Yeah, no. Not, not you know, um <laughs> it sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it it is a lot. And I was going to say um like one of one of the cool things like like I'm not getting rid of this job or you know, I'm not trying to look for, I'm not looking for someone just to like to take, you know, so I can get rid of my job. I just have like five jobs I'm doing, you know, and I it's just I can't go on like this. One of the really cool things you know, when I was first starting this getting into managing all of this stuff because I didn't know any of this stuff. I was pretty much JavaScript and Ruby. I had done um, before Honey Badger. I was like, you know, mostly PHP freelancing and a couple years, what, like two or three years of Ruby and Rails, I think. So when I got into it, I didn't know anything about Elixir, Python, Node, Go, <laughs> Java. <laughs> the list goes on. But I got to learn that stuff. If nothing else, like this person needs to be interested in in learning new things and not necessarily becoming an expert in all of them, but learning and exploring the landscape and and being able to like think and understand those things properly in their in their proper context. Yeah, I don't know. One of my favorite, like one of my fondest memories of uh, Honey Badger open source was when I got to like we we wanted to like support Go and like Go was kind of a new thing. It was kind of hot. Everyone was talking about it. I didn't know any anything about it, but because we wanted to support it, it fell on me to like go learn the language and then build the the you know the integration library to report errors to Honey Badger, and that's what I did, and it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so it sounds like coming in, this person would be primarily sort of taking on JavaScript and sort of taking the JavaScript client library stuff off of your plate, Josh, and maybe some backend stuff that goes with that, and then sort of as time goes on you know, as it makes sense and stuff, they might branch out into other things, you know, just sort of depending on the circumstances. Is that, does that sound about right? Yeah, it's, it's funny, like out of all the, a lot of these, we've got, I don't know, like 10 or so major open source client packages for reporting errors to Honey Badger in different various languages. Out of all of them, like aside from Ruby, they have pretty much, you know, like feature parity. They're relatively stable, but it seems like, like JavaScript is, you know, it's one one of those languages, but it seems to be the majority of the work in maintaining it. <laughs> and also, like, there's a lot more we want to do with JavaScript just because it's such a large ecosystem. It's so popular. 
there's just a lot we could a lot more we could do and i really want to do a lot more with it and i just don't have the time so that's part of the reason i think that this is going to have like a heavier javascript focus especially in the beginning and specifically i think honey badger js is our client side javascript integration for error reporting and um, we have like you know plugins that can you can plug it into your react app or uh, view or whatever but there's a lot more work we can do on that to kind of like bring all of that up to speed and, and keep pace with the JavaScript community, which is, it's constantly changing. Yeah. We want to we stay maybe on, that's, the, on the edge. That's a good point. It's like, we, we kind of need a, a ringer because like keeping up with JavaScript is kind of exhausting, right? There's always new frameworks coming out. There's always new ways of doing things. And the language itself is not a normal freaking language where you have like a single version of it yeah. running and you can trust that that version will behave in the same way across multiple computers. Like there's 20 different implementations of it running in mm-hmm. like in people's cars and crap. It's insane. I so don't it's think just- I have cars in the, uh, in the, like the CI build yet for, you know, the cross cross browser testing, but maybe I should get like, if you all want, I will buy a, uh, like a, a model three, so I can build, you know, I can build Honey Badger in it. I have to interject at this point for legal and compliance reasons that Honey Badger is not warranted for use in vehicles or aircraft or marine vehicles. Please. please. Oh, that's right. Is that in our that's a, um, in our liability insurance? I think it's also it's probably like a compliance uh, requirement too, right, Ben? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, we, we our, our our software is not to be used in life threatening situations. <laughs> Yeah, please um, don't. Please don't. We, don't, yeah. we don't want that money. I mean, we write good stuff, but uh, but come on, give us a break. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, back to the the point of like you know, no person is going to know everything that we would like that person to know. Of course, like when you when you write a job description, you write the wish list, right? But I think that one of the key attributes that we look for in any person who's interested in Honey Badger would be someone who's excited to learn, right? So yeah. it doesn't matter as much what you know as it does what you're willing to learn and, and how much energy you're willing to put into that. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. like we with, have with a, a caveat of you have to know something already, yes, right? Yeah, right. That's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, like we're like looking a, for senior, senior level and something. Is that like, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give the example of like, you know, we, we're a Rails shop. Like we, we do, we're Rails developers and that's what our stuff is built, at, built in. But if we, you know, if like a senior level uh, Laravel developer was really interested in this position, for instance, with the caveat that they were also interested in learning Rails, Laravel to Rails is a, I mean, that's, that's a no brainer transition. Like they're very similar systems. It would be, you know, you can totally learn Rails if, you, if you're expert in Laravel. So, but they were also very good at JavaScript. But they're also very good at JavaScript. Yes. But, you and know, Cobol. most, uh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Python, but hey, we yeah. won't we won't make to be an expert in Linux administration, like we <laughs> no, just eighty eighty six assembler. So I think but, now that we've scared everybody off, uh, maybe we can. So there's some good things about working for us, right? Well, these are there all are good, some good things. Yeah, yes. these are all good things. I mean, learning's great. <laughs> but there is there is something that we should mention. Another maybe potentially scary thing, but potentially good thing. I guess it depends on your personality. One thing that, that Kevin brought out as we talked to him, at, as we started the process of this new hire, we asked Kevin, you know, some thoughts that he had since he was the last person to be hired at Honey Badger. And one of the points that he made was that he was surprised just how independent we are in our work habits here at Honey Badger. Like a lot of developers used to working on a team that, you know, you go into the office and you, you talk to your coworkers about Whatever, right? And uh, as you have issues with your project, you might lean over and ask somebody a question. 
And uh, we don't do that <laughs> at yeah. Honey Badger for the most part. Like we are very independent in our, in our work. Like we just pick a task and we go and do that task until it's done basically. And that can be disturbing to someone who's used to a more collaborative kind of environment. Yeah. yeah. We can, you can still ask questions though, right? No, oh yeah. Yeah. We, we ask each other questions. We do. I mean, like we, we communicate obviously, but yeah, I think what, Ben's, yeah, what Ben's <laughs> saying is like we, and we've talked about this, I think in the past, and I've talked about it at various places. I think like on the Indie Hackers interview I did, we discussed a lot of like our freelancing background. And I think we, we tend to operate a lot like freelancers still, like, you know, where you're, you know, we are working from home on kind of individual projects. And we're not doing a lot of like pair programming or, or like constant, like we're not usually working together on the same projects within the company at the same time, like constantly. Um, now, uh, Can we, I tell you yeah. guys a story? Yeah. There was uh, one person who contacted me maybe a couple of years ago who was writing some sort of book or something about um, remote work. And I guess since we had a blog post about that. They contacted me and were like, hey, do you want to be interviewed for this book? And I'm like, sure. And then, so we get on this call and he's really nice. He's got all these questions. And he's like asking about our process and how we like coordinate things and all this stuff. And I'm just like, we just work on independent things and we don't really talk about it except like when they're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I felt like I, I felt like I was doing such a bad job as an interviewer or interviewee. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was just like, we just kind of like, don't really collaborate. That, that's our collaboration strategy. <laughs> right. And I mean, we do collaborate but in a, a much more high level way, right? We'll collaborate and be like, okay, you do component A, I'll do component B and somebody else will do component C. And then in six months, they'll all come together and it'll be beautiful. That brings up a good point too. The six months things, like typically our projects are pretty short, actually. Like six months, that that would be an incredibly long project for Honey Badger. We have very few yes, projects true. actually go go that long. Well, right? like so, Ben just took on a project that I I didn't have time for apparently, and like shipped it in a day. So it's it's so like awesome. it's like dark launched right now as we're speaking. <laughs> and yeah. So this yeah, that, was this was yesterday, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, that, that felt so good. Like in the morning, I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. And yeah. then by, by afternoon, I was like, it's done. It's lunch. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really impressed by how fast Ben is. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad I like finally threw up my hands and, and asked for help on something. Because I had like, I had multiple projects that I wanted to do. And I, I knew I would kill myself if I tried to multitask. So I was like, hey, does anyone want to like, you know, take one of these? Like, does this sound interesting? And Ben's like, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, I guess that, that describes the collaborative environment that we have, right? We're all willing to help out and pitch in and, and do a variety of things, but uh, just let us go work in peace, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, we come together, like if we have problems, I think that's like, and we're trying to get better at that too. Like when, when we're actually struggling with something, that's when you ask for help. And, and then we're all happy to like pitch in. And that's when we would jump on, you know, we jump on a, on a Zoom call or, or whatever, or, or chat in Slack or something. Yeah, but otherwise we like to be heads down. I'm getting some ideas in my mind about a book we can write about the future of work. You know, like, have, have you guys ever heard, like in Buddhism, I'm going to botch this, so I'm, I apologize to any Buddhists who are listening. But you know how like in Buddhism or maybe Zen Buddhism, there's like, there's this concept of like no mind, right? It's like you're there and you're, you're um, you obviously have a mind, but then it's like, I don't know, like the key to the stuff that they're doing is to embrace this idea that there's no mind, right? So I'm imagining this very kind of like new agey future of workbook that we do. And it's like the process is like no process. First like you have collaboration, no, yeah. no collaboration. 
right? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think some people would buy that and <laughs> just like, like fall for you it. You know, like all the pages, it could it could like use uh, negative space like to the maximum. So like like each page just has like like one sentence on it <laughs> about about work. Yeah. Maybe the title of the book is "This Page Intentionally Left Blank." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. It's a one-page book. (laughs) We could sell it for like $1,000 on the Amazon marketplace. So the future of work, I do think that we're going to see more remote work happening. I mean, fortune tellers and prognosticators have been saying this for quite a while now, that we're going to have more remote work in the future. I think it's not a new trend, but I think it will continue because we have great technology to help it. Like right now, right, we're chatting via Zoom, which is a fantastic technology, which makes it really easy to collaborate when you need to. But also, I think that the, the nature of the work, at least in, in the work that we do in software development, and I think in work that requires you to do a lot of you know, thinking. Which is uh, more like a lot more work is that type of work these yeah, days. Yeah. A lot more thought work these days. Yeah. And I, I just don't see that a lot of need for people to be co-located all the time. And I think as, we, as more companies realize that they can leverage technology and allow people to have more flexibility to be where they want to be, I think that's just going to become more and more prevalent. Yeah. But we should talk about the work hours that we do because not only are we remote, we have all this flexibility, but we work 30-hour weeks, sometimes less for that matter. 30 hours is like the maximum. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced. I'm convinced Ben works like 80 hour weeks. Well, and just like humoring us. Now, Ben, when we talk about this? Ben might work, you know, some of us might work more than 30 hours, but you know, it's if we want to, and if we're, you know, it, it, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but that 30 hours is our, especially for employed, you know, our job positions, like 30 hours is the, is what you're committing to. There was some conversation about this on Twitter recently about the hustle people celebrating that culture of like, you know, the Silicon Valley and 80 hour and hundred hour work weeks and it's so horrible and that's ridiculous. And uh, I agree. But at the same time, one person made the point that I, I agree with strongly is, you know, sometimes people work those 60, 80 hour weeks because they enjoy it, right? That's, that's what they want to do. And I'm more on that end of the spectrum where I enjoy working so that it wouldn't be such a chore for me to do that. Now, I don't actually regularly work 60 hour plus weeks, but uh, I can see people who would enjoy that because I, I enjoy the work that I do. And so I think give some leeway to people who actually do want to do that and, you know, let them go wild. But uh, yeah, we don't certainly that honey badger. And I think more generally speaking, I think as we move more into this information economy and, you know, doing thought work, I think we should get to the use of the idea that it's it, the 40 hour week is, is outdated. I was talking about this actually on an upcoming podcast episode for Heroku, the Codish podcast. I was talking with uh, Mike about this. And uh, I think that, you know, expecting someone to, to sit their butt in a chair for 40 hours a week and be productive is ridiculous. I mean, they're not, they're not tying, you know, pieces of thread together. They're not screwing, you know, parts of a car together. Uh, they're actually doing a lot of work in their brains. And, and to, to expect someone to do that all day, every day for eight hours a day, I, it just doesn't happen. Well, that's that, and that's the part. Of, that's the like the other thing is like I probably do twenty hours or you know probably less than twenty hours of like actual like solid focused like real work programming or something. It, but it's not that I don't work the rest of the week. It's just that I'm I'm investing in other areas. And even if those areas, uh, you know, because we you know we work we have thirty hour weeks, that doesn't mean I'm 
taking 30 hour weeks and going and like sitting on a lawn chair in my yard or something the, you know, the other 10 weeks, you know, I probably still work of like, quote unquote, work a 40 hour week. But those, those other hours are spent in personal improvement, learning, like I've, you know, I've been learning, like I'm learning marketing. I've been learning marketing for the last like, whatever, two or three years as a like concerted effort. So I'm reading, um, I have a gym, I built a gym in my garage, so I didn't have to commute to the gym and save myself an hour every weekday. Working remotely saves a ton of time and then you can divert that time back into like personal development that is still, it's still building something, but it's not necessarily all about, you know, the company that, you know, pushing, you know, you don't always have to be slaving away for the company. (laughs) Can I mention something that I find a little bit disturbing about the sort of remote work trend and kind of vision for the future? So like, first of all, just just to say, like, I like working from home, like I probably like it more than most people do. And I really dislike working in offices. But one thing that, you know, I'm just thinking about all this. And like, I'm just imagining this world where everybody just kind of like wakes up and brushes their teeth or whatever, and goes into their living room or their dining room table and fires up their laptop and goes to work. And then gets home and then goes to the kitchen and gets dinner and then watches TV and then goes to bed. And it's like, at, at what point do you just never leave your house? Like, at what <laughs> point does this become jail? That is a good question. I do, like, I do find I mean, some weeks that I, I don't leave my house. <laughs> and, and I think I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like the same as you. Like, I, I have to like make a concerted effort not to be a hermit. <laughs> I like the isolation, but it, after a while, I do realize like, hey, you know, I, I should probably like have somewhat of a, you know, some kind of social life or I'm, it's going to get bad. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like in the moment, like it's fine. Yeah. Like it's like, okay, I had a good day today, but then, you know, a year or two later you wake up and you're like, I don't really have any friends or <laughs> I do have friends, people. This is, this is well, hypothetical. This is, I just want to say. This is something you have, have to friends, deal with, but, with, you know, to yeah, avoid, avoid ending up in that position. I think you're right. Like you have to think about those things more when you're working remotely because it's not just handed to you. Like, you know, the water cooler at work is not just handed to you. It's not, it's not just happens to be there like on the way to the bathroom or something. So you have to like, actually, you know, we have to build that into our company culture to like provide more opportunity for social interaction but also like just on a personal level, like, yeah, you have to think about like getting out and it's not that you just stay at home. <laughs> yeah. Like I did the digital nomad thing for a while and like right now I have a house and a family. And so like, I've got lots of sort of outlets for interacting with people. Back when I was like doing the digital nomad thing, it's like, sometimes it's pretty like you just kind of in a room by yourself typing on a computer and mm-hmm. It's not really that like, it's kind of, it can be a little bit bleak at times. One thing I've noticed about, I guess this might be going back more towards the, uh, like to the uh, discussion about when Kevin had tried switching to the co-working space or sometimes people, you know, for whatever reasons, like home, home life is not conducive to, you know, a work from home kind of situation. And then that's when you, you know, get the office or find a co-working space that works or, or whatever, go to the coffee shop even. But I think those situations tend to change. I mean, they definitely change throughout like times of your life. Like 
like I've, you know, back when my kids were just, you know, when they're like, when they're super young and actually they're, they're super young now, they're just getting out of the phase where it's like, you know, constant uh, crying and screaming, which try to try to do some programming <laughs> with two kids, you're gonna look back on you know, finally. with a kid screaming in either ear. <laughs> um, it's stereo, people pay for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've got stereo, stereo children. During that time, like I was trying to work from home and I was like, I just can't, I can't get anything done here. Like I'm, this is, this is just not working. And so that's, you know, I went, I started going to the office and I went to the office for like, you know, whatever, four or five months or something until, you know, then I was realizing, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's been getting better at home. Like my wife's like, yeah, like things have been a lot more, you know, stable here. And she's like, you know, it would be really cool if you came back and like gave it another try. And so I did. And now I've been home and I'm, I'm loving it again. So you shouldn't be in the mindset, like you have to pick one and just like stick with it forever. I think you should adapt the workplace to whatever is best for you at the time, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think being intentional about uh, socializing is, is important, as we, as we talked about. If you're in that situation where you're not going to a co-working space on a regular basis, if you, are, if you don't have a family, because like for me, going home, hanging out with my family, my kids are older, they're great conversationalists. Like I get a lot of my yeah. socializing right there, right? That around we have dinner conversations every night that are fantastic. I go to the gym and I, you know, see some people there. I go to church every week and I hang out with people there, right? So I, I, I have ways that I get my socializing. But if you don't have that built in, then you have to, you know, make some plans around that if you're going to be switching from an environment, especially if you're switching from an employment environment where you were in office and now you're contemplating remote work. Be, yeah, you have to make some plans. Like maybe. Maybe I need to go find a local group that plays basketball every week and I just go play basketball. Yeah. I, I, I make that part of my plan so that I don't go crazy with it, lack of human contact. I really like um, at the risk of like starting to get into like the thought leadery side of this like future of remote work discussion. But you know, I mean, this whole, we're already there, Josh. <laughs> Are we just there? I could just run with it. Um, but I, I really there. like, like, you know, like for a long time, there seemed to be a trend. I don't know if as a result of like, you know, like in industrialization and stuff. But like the trend was like people moved from having more like local community to moving to like a work community where like you re things revolve much more around the workplace. I don't like a lot of people, you know, like these days have like they don't have any kind of local church or or whatever the other like civic groups or what, anything like that people used to do. I think that 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 is becoming like a, a lot more important if you are working remotely like in your home like location physical location like you're not moving around a lot like i think it's a lot more important to start go go back out and like find start fight like rediscovering that stuff again to maybe fill some of that void of like not having the like the community yeah because those people are going to be the one to like have your back when like the stuff hits the fan right so can I make a plug then? I, I totally agree with you. Oh, sure. sure. Josh. So I've, I've got to make a plug for a website called uh, justserve.org. It's a website where you can go and you can find local groups that need volunteer help, right? So if you, if you want to get connected with your community, with your local people around you in a way that's helpful to others, go to Just Serve. They have projects you know, from a variety of nonprofits who are just looking for people to help. And I think that's, if, if you have no other way I mean, even if you do have other ways, but if you're, if you're looking for a way to add more interaction, that's a great way to do it. Get to, get to be hanging out with people who are also interested in giving back to their community. It's, it's a fantastic, you don't have to use JustServe, but just, you know, rendering service in general. Like when I was a kid, I was part of the, the Rotary. Like I hung out with them and did some service projects with my local Rotary. And that was, that was great, right? I got to meet 
a bunch of people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. And it was a lot of fun to feel like you're really contributing to people who could really use it. And you know what? You can do that with your 30, 30 hour a week. You can't do that with those like 60 hour a week jobs, right? Well, totally. And being remote and with us, like with the flexible schedule, like, you know, if someone wanted to go and hang out at a, at a soup kitchen for two hours in the middle of the afternoon, cool. So I feel like we did a, we started out kind of rough, you know, selling this job, but I think we're coming around in the end. Like I, I feel like in the beginning we're, we're a little bit maybe scaring people away, but now I feel like if they made it this far, like maybe people are a little bit more on board with us. That was part of the test all along. It is. It's I like mean, we, you have to like run. a life of like community and love and support yeah. and just being, you know, in fellowship with humanity. Like that sounds pretty good. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to do any of this stuff. stuff. I live on the internet. So just to, just to be clear. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, seriously. Badger like, does care. <laughs> Josh is trolling people on Reddit right now. As <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, I mean, like I've been I have been thinking about that lately because it's like you get like in this bubble of just people like I know pretty much like most of the people I know now are like are like software developers and technologists. And it's like I remember like having, you know, relationships with like like other types of people, like just, you know, normal, like non-technical, <laughs> like there, there are, compl- you know, all other kinds of people out there. <laughs> it offers some nice perspective when um, when your circle is not just, you know, the people that are exactly like you. So I think we'd say like for the work of the future, I think we could argue the point that in a very thought leadery style that remote work will bring us back to the people. It will help build our communities, strengthen families and and improve self-confidence and self-esteem. I love where this is going. This is beautiful, Ben. So go to honeybadger.io and sign up for our seminars. We're going to a town near you. We'll help you build self-confidence. We'll help you um, improve your social life. We'll, we'll send Ben, and we'll send Ben to your, uh, your garage to, uh, I love to it. give I'm a, I'm sorry. Uh, I started, I started <laughs> making jokes, but I really, really actually like that Ben. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just can't not make jokes. It's just my way. We're uh, yeah. Uh, well, should we end it on that? Y'all have any, yeah. any more like prognostications for our listeners to learn more about that job? Um, because hopefully oh, there's yeah. hopefully there's some people out there who have made it this far. What is it? Honeybadger.io forward slash careers. Yeah. So if you just go to our site, honeybadger.io and scroll all the way down to the bottom, there is a link that says careers, I think. Okay. Well, it was great talking with you guys. And if anybody wants to go give us a review at Apple Podcasts or whatever, that would be great. And if you are interested in writing for us, if you do um, software blog posts or something, we actually might be interested in talking to you about that. And we actually pay people. So you can learn more about that if you go to our blog and um, look in the top nab and that's honeybadger.io. And um, yeah, so you'll find it. You'll fi- that's, that's, that's the first test. So I'm sure you'll pass. All right. So I will talk to you guys later and future of work. Like we're, we're the future of work. It's bright. It's so bright. We got to wear shades. Good talking to you guys. We got to wear shades. (laughs) That's you got to be a certain age to remember that song. ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at HoneyBadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to FounderQuestPodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.